Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Vlogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. topics they'd like for me to talk about on the podcast. One topic that comes up pretty regularly is really how do you manage social media at any point in your journey? Because I think that what people realize is that social media can be a huge time suck that can also result in not much return. And it's really, really easy to get caught up in like trying to grow each social media platform, trying to grow, you know, new social media platforms, you know, deciding whether you want to be an early adopter to new social media platforms. And so there's so many things that go into this. And so today I really want to give you my best tips for social media management from beginner to big time, wherever you kind of fall in that. I'm hoping that these tips um, from start to finish kind of help you help everybody who's listening in some place based on where you're at, just to give you food for thought. Hopefully it'll trigger some more things. It'll help you work through some things. Maybe it'll give you some new ideas, but I hope you'll listen to the whole episode to kind of understand that I'm going to go from basics all the way to uh, big time. So here we go. Number one, if you're a beginner, I think when you're trying to decide on social media management, You want to just go ahead and lock down your social handles uh, based on the brand that you've picked. So even if you don't really plan on using them right away, um, I would go ahead and lock down social handles for each social media platform in case you decide that you do want to use them in the future for some reason, at least you'll have them and then you'll have them. If you're an Arrested Development fan, you'll probably get that reference (laughs) better than everybody else. Okay, so number two, I would encourage you guys to spend time on growing you know, your platform of choice, like just spend time really on one that you think is the main place that your people are going to hang out. So, you know, invest energy, like instead of trying to spread yourself thin across all these different platforms, trying to publish all the time, um, it may be better for you to focus on one social media platform at a time and really grow that, get it started, get it some momentum before you move on to another one or trying to really grow a second one. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do, uh, but for those of you who would just like someone to give you permission (laughs) to focus on one at a time, you certainly can do that because I would imagine that over time, it's better to have at least one social media platform that has a really strong following than to have small followings everywhere because you've never really spent time focusing. Um, And for those of you who are like, I don't really understand the return on time when it comes to social media. Like, what is the point? Like... I hear all these people who talk about it really doesn't drive traffic anymore. It doesn't do any of these things. It really just boils down to how you plan to use that social media platform, how that plays into your monetization strategy, and how your audience uses that platform. And I can get into more of that later, but that's just just a little tidbit in case you're a little anxious to get started with this because you're just like, I don't get it. And I totally understand where you're coming from. So I'll flesh this out as I continue to talk about it. Um, the next point I want to make is that you have a lot of options when it comes to really building out social media. So if you pick one platform or you pick multiple platforms, 
you have an opportunity to schedule content out across the board on these platforms. And in most cases, you have a choice to do it manually. You have a chance, I mean, a choice to do it through a third party uh, software or product, or you even have an opportunity to hire it out to a VA, like a virtual assistant or somebody who has a business who's an expert in this particular social media platform. Um, and just remember, like when it comes to using third party schedule, schedulers, uh, the concept of API approved makes um, a big difference to Pinterest. So, you know, when we're talking about using some sort of scheduler, especially when it comes to Pinterest, because Pinterest tends to be a driver of traffic for most people, I encourage you guys to make sure that whatever schedule you're using specifically for Pinterest, which Pinterest doesn't like to be called a social media uh, site because there's nothing really social about it. It's really a visual search engine, um, but they kind of get lumped in there. Uh, if you're using a third-party scheduler, just make sure that it is API approved for use with Pinterest. Like Tailwind is API approved and some of the other platforms may not be, which means that you could potentially get dinged, as they say, from Pinterest for using something that they don't approve of as an auto scheduler. So just keep that in the back of your mind as you're thinking about the different types of programs or softwares you might use if you decide to use a third-party scheduling tool to schedule your social media out. Next, I want to encourage you guys as you work on building social media is to consider taking a course that is specific to the platform. And I would encourage you to take a course that is from somebody who's pretty darn dedicated to that platform and to updating the course. Because what I've seen a lot and I talk a lot about uh, with people is that there will be people who have great success stories out of the gate with a social media platform, and then they decide to build a course about their success. And all the while, all of these social media platforms are changing so rapidly to keep up with user experience and changes in the, you know, changing in what's going on and changes that come from, you know, lawsuits or whatever brings up something that's got to be changed. And if that person is not really dedicated to continuing to update the course or they're not, you know, they just really wanted to get this information out as quickly as possible. Like you can end up with courses that you can't really use over time that don't have a great support system as far as like helping you as things change. And so I think you want to ask around, ask for recommendations, do a little research before you just go buy a course on a social media platform Anyone ask people, you know, who is dedicated to this particular um, platform and doing a training? And when I was at Haven over the summer, I was in an Instagram, you know, training workshop. And I remember asking like, hey, so I'm just curious, like, is there a person in this space who is considered to be like an expert and they're really dedicated to updating a course about Instagram on a regular basis. And I literally just got like blank stares <laughs> from people. So, um, that like the Instagram, I'm sure that there are people out there who are developing great courses. I mean, some people kind of gave me some ideas, but in all, in all situations, I would just encourage you guys to do a little bit of research on, you know, whoever has created the specific course, see, you know, if they're pretty dedicated to updating the course on a regular basis. So a good example of this is like uh, the course Pinning Perfect that I'm always talking about because Melissa and Anna are really dedicated to updating the course like every six months and um, 
Melissa in particular has a job where she engages in Pinterest marketing on a daily basis. She goes to Pinterest headquarters on a regular basis. So she's like in it to win it. And so I really value her course because I feel like the information that I'm getting is accurate. I feel like she's very, you know, really dedicated to that. Another example would be uh, Monica Louie from Flourish with Facebook ads. So Monica, for example, um, her business is running Facebook ads for for businesses. And so she has her hands constantly dirty in Facebook ads on a regular basis. And so when there's changes made, she keeps up with them and she updates her course as she learns new things or she updates her students as she learns new things. And I think these are all valuable when you're making investments in uh, social media specific courses just because social media does change so very quickly. And it is very nice to invest in a course and then be able to, to retake it kind of year after year or every six months or however long it is to refresh and understand what's new, how things are changing and what you can do to continue to grow that platform based on the changes that are coming. Okay, next, consider which platforms in social media really offer the most value to your audience and to your niche. Um, so I think that's really, really important to kind of put your particular blog or online business through the filter of which of these social media platforms really does make the most sense. So I'll give you some examples. Since I have two things that I run, which is basically Thrifty Little Mom and then Kim Anderson Consulting. Kim Anderson Consulting is probably worth it to some degree for me to work on LinkedIn because there's a lot of professional entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, you know, who are looking for training, they're looking for more information or maybe looking for coaching, whatever it may be. So LinkedIn would probably be a good use of my time. Podcasting is a good use of my time with Kim Anderson Consulting. And Facebook has seemed to be a really good use of my time. However, I don't really do a whole lot with my Kim Anderson Consulting Facebook page because building those pages is harder um, and probably less valuable than me building Facebook communities. So you'll see in this podcast that I often mention the Just Keep Blogging podcast community and the Just Keep Blogging mentored membership community. Um, those are two Facebook groups that help me to be able to engage with uh, listeners and engage with um, clients and everything else and just be able to kind of like really help and give encouragement or do Facebook lives and give more encouragement. And that's where they hang out. Like they hop in there to check out what's going on. And that is a platform that my people tend to use. I have tried to expand into Instagram and it semi works, but Instagram is really a lot of work and it, you know, unless you're at like 10,000 subscribers and you need a swipe up feature. Like there's a whole lot of, I feel like things where Instagram just doesn't work right now for what I'm doing. And so I don't really use it that much. And even with thrifty little mom, you know, I could use it more, but I have found in my experimentation that it's much, much better for me to kind of, uh, niche down a little bit on Instagram, like to kind of pick a lane about what I'm going to talk about regularly. Um, and that seems to pay off with hashtags and everything else. Um, and that's the way that I can wrap my brain around it, but I'm not prepared quite yet to invest the time that it would take at this moment, <laughs> you know, to grow Instagram significantly for Thrifty Little Mom. Instead, 
Like right now for Thrifty Little Mom, a lot of my readers are on Facebook and they engage heavily with my page on Facebook. So my page right now for Thrifty Little Mom is worth a lot of my time. Whereas with Kim Anderson Consulting, my groups pay off better. So this is the kind of stuff I'm asking you to kind of evaluate. You know, if you have a let's say you have a faith-based audience or a niche-based audience that connects around a particular um, life scenario. So I would say like maybe you have a single mom community. Maybe you have a um, stepmom community. Maybe you have a a community built around a particular craft that you enjoy doing or whatever, those can really pay off, right? Because everyone is coming together around a particular interest or they all relate in some way. It could be weight loss. It could be uh, exercise, a particular kind of exercise, whatever it may be. Like that might be the right move for you just because you're very niche in what you talk about. Um, for more lifestyle blogs, like you've got to find the place that makes the most sense for you. And that might be a public Facebook page. That might be an Instagram account. Um, it's really, really like you having to figure out like, where are you? Like what platform do you enjoy using most? Which one do you spend the most of your time on? Because there's a high probability that's probably where your people are too. Um, so just things to kind of keep in mind. Um, but I would encourage you to always consider which platform offers the most value to your audience and to your niche, because it will vary. They, they are not all the same and they are not all consumed the same. And the content that you deliver on each platform is not consumed, nor is it created in the same way. So try to think about what best serves your audience and your content. And that's how you begin choosing your platform. Now, A key element to really managing social media is the importance of trying to engage people. And each platform really does this in very, very different ways. If you're using YouTube, for example, you know, people connect with you quicker on YouTube um, if that serves your brand the best. Like if you're a DIYer or you're a crafter or you're a maker or you know, whatever your niche is that really requires your audience to see what you're working on. Um, you know, people really connect with your voice and they connect with your, like being able to see you, hear you and connect with you on that, you know, common ground, that thing that interests them as well. And so people will engage with you on YouTube in the comments and things like that. And you can always go back and engage with them in the comments. The same thing goes with Facebook. When you post something, you know, like you're looking for people to like it, to share it, to comment on it. And the same thing, when people share it, you're going to go engage when they share it and say, hey, thanks for sharing or make a comment. Like it's all about a constant striving to engage, like to get conversation going, to get people to do more than just look at what you created, to get people to give you hearts or to comment or for you to reply. When I was at Haven, some of the tips that we got in the Instagram, you know, they were commenting on how they literally show up on Instagram at the same time every day. So they post their posts and their audience knows that they're going to be live, like attentive, responding to content on Instagram at like 7 p.m. every night. And they're going to be on there for an hour. And that's one way that those people ensure engagement and their people know where to find them. Um, 
So I think some of the keys to getting engagement are asking good questions, you know, posting things that really intrigue interest or get your audience talking, using shareable images, shareable gifts, shareable memes, like whatever it may be that really relates to your audience and connects them and makes them really enjoy following your page. Um, so there's different ways to do that, but the key is to try to engage them. You know, with Facebook, you can do Facebook lives, even if nobody shows up while you're doing it live, they can show up later and comment. But the key is just engage, 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 engage. That is really important. And so it's not really like a crock pot thing where you can kind of set your stuff and forget it. You do need to go in and like respond and comment and, um, talk with your audience. And the more that you do that and the more that you ask engaging questions, or involve your audience, the more you're going to be able to grow that platform because that's what the social media platforms are looking for. They're looking for people to engage, for people to, um, you know, take action. And the algorithms are all watching those actions. So that's really important. Next, when you're trying to manage social media, you want to be able to get found. And I think that's one of the areas where people kind of struggle So simple ways that you can make sure that your main social media or main social media outlets that you use get found is to include them in your welcome email and tell people, hey, if you're using this platform or this platform, this is where you'll find me. You can put this information on your about page on your website. Um, You know, if you're going to create a group on Facebook, for example, especially if it's one that people can find, like if it's not a secret group or however they market Um, if it's able to be found then it's able to be shared and therefore, uh, Facebook will often recommend your group based on what other people are already in. So like, it'll pop up in their sidebar and say, Hey, if you like this group, you'll probably like this group. So those are other ways to get found. And of course, hashtags. So hashtags have become a popular way, like almost like search terms on social media for people to be able to find other content that is in line with kind of the stuff that they're interested in or the things they're looking for or wanting to find out more about. So, you know, if you want to get found, there are simple ways to do that. It's calling to action. Um, and your welcome email or your about page, it's about, you know, making communities where you can be recommended. And then of course the use of hashtags, especially like on Instagram and things can make a big difference. Uh, and being able to be found and getting more followers. So just kind of being up to date on all of those things is really key and very important. The next concept that I want to share is that as you grow your social media platforms and they really start to take on a life of their own, which they can very easily over time, you really have to decide when it makes sense to hire help. And I really encourage people to start with platforms that have a return on the time for what you're paying the person. So like for me, like I know Pinterest is not really social media, but Pinterest was kind of the first place that I got social help outside of Facebook. And so with Facebook, I actually hired someone initially to basically like load up my scheduler. So she was manually scheduling for a little while and I got some good engagement going. And then I switched to a third party scheduler when she had a baby Um, and she kind of just filled that scheduler up with content that would kind of go on a repeating thing. So anything you can do to kind of automate, you know, engaging questions. So like depending on your community, you know, like let's say you have a, um, menu planning 
blog. And so in your community, like every Sunday, you want people to take a picture of their mini plan for the week and share it with a group. Like you could make an image that would automatically go out every Sunday night uh, using a scheduler that would try to engage your audience in participating in that sharing. Um, so that's where a third party thing can help if you're not ready to hire somebody. But if you are ready to hire somebody and you're making all these considerations, um, you know, for me, Pinterest is important because it drives traffic and traffic results in more ad income or more affiliate sales for me. So I see a strong return on my time or a strong return on my investment in hiring someone to manage that. Uh, you know, some other areas where I feel like it's a good return on the time, you know, the money that you may spend up front, maybe having someone who knows what they're doing to run Facebook ads for you or to run Pinterest ads for you or somebody to generate sponsored shares or content. You know, if you have a membership community, it may be worthwhile to have somebody run one of the social media platforms connected to that group so that, you know, they're answering questions to the community or creating updates or whatever it may be because that membership community is free, you know, generating reoccurring revenue. Um, but the key, I think, is to hire it out also when it takes away from you being able to grow higher ROI things. So there's kind of two concepts, like when you're approaching hiring people. You can either go from the concept of, like, does it make sense monetarily for me to hire this out because this particular social media platform makes this much money? So like if you're an Instagram influencer and you're making lots of good money on Instagram from sponsored stuff or from affiliates, like it, make, it might make sense for you to hire somebody to manage all that because if they're doing that, you know, it's making money. Um, beyond what you're paying that person. And then it gives you the flexibility to grow other things that make more money. On the flip side of that, um, if you do find yourself spending so much time on a social media platform that is a high return or has the potential to be a high return based on your goals and you hiring it out helps you be freed up to go make more money, that's another situation where it kind of makes sense to hire. Um, and these are the kind of the things I've discussed, you know, with other full-time professional bloggers where we talk about when we're ready to hire people, like how do you make those decisions? And this is kind of the stuff that I've heard from people, you know, they hire out the things they have a hard time keeping up with or being consistent with that are keeping them from ultimately like doing that well and expanding what they're working on. So if you see yourself falling into either of those two categories and it makes sense and you want to do it for a trial basis or whatever, you know, most of the time when I hire someone um, to contract them to do things, I try to start with like a 60 to 90 day trial period just so I can see how it goes, so I can see how it pays off, I can see if it's worth it, if it makes sense, you know, that sort of thing. So that's another thing to consider is just kind of starting with someone but having an understanding of like this is just a trial basis to see how this goes. Um, and that can kind of give you the flexibility of an out if you feel like, hey, this just is not working. So when I'm looking back over the concepts for, you know, tips that I have for social media management, whether you're small or whether you're, you know, full time, um, number one, lock down your social handles, even if you don't plan on using them right away. Two, spend time on growing one platform at a time that you think is the main place where people will hang out. And then once you kind of get that one locked and loaded, start on another one. Consider scheduling content manually or via third party or even a virtual assistant. Take a course specific to that platform that you've decided to kind of dedicate your time to and pick someone that seems to be pretty dedicated to that platform and teaching about it and updating the course if you can. 
uh, you can ask for recommendations in your Facebook groups or communities or friends or blogging friends um, about, you know, what courses might, might be the right ones to take specific to these platforms. I think a real big key is to consider which platform offers the most value to your audience and your niche. So pick it strategically, make sure it serves the purpose of what you're doing and makes sense. Number seven, it's important to engage your people, ask questions, make shareable images, talk to them, ask them, you know, like respond to their responses. Um, Try to make sure that you're able to get found by, you know, introducing people to your social platforms and your welcome emails on your about page. So, you know, if you, if Facebook groups make sense, make some of those so that you can be recommended. Um, Hashtags are also awesome in social media for getting attention and being found. It's important for you guys to decide when it makes sense to hire social help and to start with the platforms potentially that have the highest return on the time um, or pick things, you know, social platforms that you know are doing well but could do better with someone who's being consistent while you break away to do things that might make you potentially more money if you didn't have to be on that social media account all day long. So these are all things to take into consideration because people have asked me so many times for tips for social media management. And this is some of the best advice I really have to give. Um, personally, I really do use a lot of third party schedulers and virtual assistant help, uh, with a lot of that, uh, for me at this particular season, I prefer to, um, manage most of my social media accounts myself and engage in them myself. Um, because people are asking me specific questions. So it's really up to you as you go through your journey, but I would say take the pressure off yourself, bottom line, to be everywhere across the board on all social media, because ultimately it's very hard to spread yourself that thin. It's hard to build strong platforms when you're trying to build four or five of them at the same time instead of just picking the ones that make the most sense. Because otherwise you're just sort of constantly posting into an audience that's not listening or paying attention when you could be putting the effort somewhere else where people are listening and paying attention. So I hope you guys found this helpful and whatever you do, just keep blogging. Hey, hey, before you go, I want to tell you about something brand new that I'm announcing. And that is I have finalized my fall mentored retreat. So if you haven't heard of these before, these are in-person blog retreats. They're between 30 and 40 people. So it keeps it nice and small. And the point of the weekend is to give you a chance to get away from all of life's distractions and blog. Not only blog, but learn and network and also get to hang out with experts who will talk to you specifically about your business, your blog, and give you advice. So I am super excited to announce that my fall mentored retreat for 2020 is going to be happening in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, It's stinking gorgeous there. Like I love Asheville. The Biltmore is there. There's gorgeous mountains that are there and it will be the perfect time of year to go and see all of that awesome North Carolina mountain goodness. But the best part is that my co-mentor for this mentored retreat is going to be the Kate Doster. So if you have ever listened to the podcast Inbox Besties or you have Love Your List, this is Kate. She is going to be an amazing co-mentor. She is hilarious. She is confident. And I have already learned so many things just from her and her personality and the way that she approaches business. So I really, really 
love Kate and I think that you guys are going to find this to be a really fun, inspiring and confidence boosting getaway. So I would encourage you guys to check out the information. I'll put a link to the um, information page in the show description and I would love, love, love to meet you in real life and I'm pretty sure Kate would also love, love, love to meet you in real life too. If you haven't checked out Inbox Besties, make sure you use your podcast player to go search for Inbox Besties and subscribe and start listening to Kate so that you can also benefit from all of her email marketing genius yourself.